how long would it take to get over the one who you were the most in love with? Like, like would it take a hundred years? You have to get over it eventually. I mean, you got to like move on. You have to do something. That I feel like that would send me down such a spiral. You'd be so rich. <laughs> <laughs> I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no? Did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Oops, podcast. Julio Gallerati, Mr. Ryan Lynch himself. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome to Oops. Welcome to Oops. Welcome to Oops. Welcome to Oops, indeed. Um, I got shows coming up, especially my, my special taping. I know that tickets are going pretty quickly for those. Uh, so try to get them soon if you can, cause I'm pretty sure that both of those shows will sell out. That's, uh, February 16th, Chicago, Illinois, two shows. I'm very pumped about that. Uh, also I'm in Stamford, Connecticut and also the sunshine comedy festival, the 11th to the 15th of, uh, January, which is going to be at, uh, in Tampa and St. Pete, St. Pete, which is where I always am. Uh, but those are going to be great. So come to some of those. Thank you to everybody who came to Toronto. Really sweet. And uh, here we are, baby. We're back. I would like to say one thing. And this yes. is an important thing. It is underrated how much what your partner's snacks preferences are will influence what your snack preferences become. Starting the show with a bang. Starting the <laughs> show with a bang. That is a thing. It's amazing the stuff I now snack on because my girl likes them that I would never buy and that are great. Just shows you how good snacks are in general. The stuff that you don't think to buy. A lot of the time too, I don't like having snacks in the house because I will eat them all. Mm -hmm. Especially if I'm like, I'm a default bored eater. I'm an anxiety eater. I'm a bored eater. I eat to prevent myself from doing important things too. So I'll go look in the cabinet. What's in there right now? Popcorn. I never had popcorn in the house till Hill and I started dating. And now I eat popcorn all the time. There is original life cereal in there. Something that I didn't know. It's delicious. Original life cereal is absolutely delicious. The list goes on and on of things that she likes that I now eat jam. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I now eat jam. Mm. Uh, so I don't know if there's any things that pop to mind for you guys listening, but it is an interesting thing to examine. Well, dude, I have a funny thing for you. So I heard this story. And it was just so good. And this is like a legendary story in the circle of which, with which it is told. I've been told not to reveal the name of the person. So I'm not going to say who has told me the story. Okay. But it's like legendary in some way in this group. And it is such an awkward uh, like encounter. Like I feel so hard for the person. This per They're in college. And they're waiting in line for some like after hours foods thing. So maybe the parties are over or the bars have closed and now they're all waiting in line to get food at the place that everybody does that. Okay. So, you know, it's mostly people from the school, but maybe there's people visiting, whatever. So this girl is in line and she's talking to this guy. They're chatting, whatever. He goes to whatever school. Let's say he goes to Wisconsin, but they're not at Wisconsin. They're at Indiana, say. And she goes, oh, I know somebody who goes to Wisconsin. He goes, really? Who? <laughs> and... She didn't actually know the guy. She just knew of him because she knew his dad. I guess the dad, the dad, her dad, the dad was her orthodontist. Okay. Mm -hmm. So she goes, oh, you go there? I know somebody who goes there. He goes, really? Who? And she's like, Zach Jones. And he goes, 
I'm Zach Jones. <laughs> oh, no. To which she goes, oh. <laughs> she goes, oh. <laughs> I can't even say it. I'm Zach Jones. And like, okay, I made this name up. So pretend it's a much more obvious name. It's not like there's many Zach Joneses. Whatever this name is, is it obvious? Like, it's him for sure. Specific name. I'm Zach Jones. She goes, oh. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and then she explains. She's like, you know, I mean, your dad's my orthodontist. I just feel like I know, I know you. Um, and I was like, man, that is beautiful. Ugh, Wisconsin's that, a big school, too. I, I, so I may not have been Wisconsin. But just Wherever it was, it's specific. And that's a good point. Any school is so big that the odds of that happening are impossible. Typical schools have thousands of people. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Dude, thousands of people. And the odds that, again, so like I should have maybe picked a more unique name for this story, but mm -hmm. I think it still works. You guys get it. Mm -hmm. um, but dude, brutal. I love that. There's nothing worse than like, that's the equivalent of like, and this has happened to me before. So I've heard someone start name dropping about somebody who I know very well. And it's interesting for, to see them if they're like, Oh, I know so-and-so I went to high school with them and you know, da da da. And I'm like, oh, really? He's one of my boys. It's funny to watch them then walk it back because they're like, oh, wow, I didn't expect you to know the person personally. I don't know the person personally. So I'm going to be like, you know, we like falling out of touch a bit. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, I used to see, I knew, I actually know his sister, but that's always uncomfortable. So like, I always feel, I don't know, to the point too, where sometimes if I hear somebody inching toward talking shit about somebody who I know really well, who they don't expect me to know. I'll like try to sl I'll try to name drop before they get there. Give them the opportunity. Give them the opportunity to, to not, not go there because wow. it's too uncomfortable. Damn. You don't seem like a name drop person. I try not to be. Have you had an experience where you did name drop someone and maybe something backfired or that's a nice question, Ryan. It's very good. Um, no, but <laughs> I will say this. I have had, I think when I started to like learn about what name dropping is, like maybe when I was younger, when I was like, if I like thought somebody who I knew was really cool or something, I'd like want, I'd want people to know that I knew them. I'd be like, oh, I know that guy. Like, or if I saw something on TV, I'd be like, oh, I know him. I've met him. I'm, but at this point in my career now, like if I were to be doing that, I'd be doing it constantly because, you know, I've been doing this forever and I know a bunch of people. Mm -hmm. Not even, that's not like a sneaky name drop in and of itself. So I actually try not to, but there are times where like I'll be talking and in like, by doing it, you can like give co important context. If it's like a work meeting or if you're talking to like somebody in the business who doesn't know about you, like there is a impulse. There is an impulse to want to let these people know what you're doing and who you know and shit. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I try really hard not to. And when I do, I end up feeling really self-conscious. Here's a, here's a good example. I had, I was speaking with some guy who's in the business, whatever. He works in movies. I was telling I was telling him I was planning on doing a special. Oh, cool! You're planning on doing it. Yeah, you're just gonna so you're gonna shoot it and try to sell it. I guess. Yeah, I don't name drop at all. We then ended up like meeting. We bring up the special a couple more times. I still don't do it, and eventually I end up being like, you know, PD is directing it and producing it, and even even then I I felt like I was like overcorrecting. That's worth sharing. 
That's mm-hmm. an exciting piece of it. Oh yeah, we have a great team. Like I can do that without being like a name dropper, but I am always very alert of trying not to, to a point where I might overcorrect in a mm-hmm. way that makes no sense. And I also think that name dropping in general, like it's more, it's worse the less you know someone, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Now look, in LA, You'll meet people in LA who like don't work in the business. They don't appear to be doing anything. Those are the type of people who are like, somebody who isn't obviously doing stuff is a person who's more likely to name drop because they want you to know. They want you to know about them. And by telling you about some of their alliances, they're able to present in a way that they deem to be more legit. Mm -hmm. Now, it can get start getting annoying when it's like, okay, if somebody's like best friends with somebody, okay, cool, fine, right? But... There will be times where, okay, that's just made me think of something else. So I'm going to, I'm going to go through both of these. So if you're name dropping like offspring of famous people, like to me, that is like something I'm not impressed by at all. Oh, I know his son really well. Okay. It's not him. So why would I care? I've never heard of his son. I don't know what his son does. Like that to me is a weird name drop. Mm-hmm. Oh, so-and-so's son. Oh, you know, he's so-and-so's daughter. I'm like, that. that's lame, right? Uh-huh. Even if you're good friends with them. There's also the thing where you're like, Telling your one story about somebody. Oh, he's a dick. Like going out of your way to say someone's a dick just because you met them one time. Oh, I didn't fuck with him. He did this to me. Bro, he doesn't even know who you are. You know what I mean? That annoys me. And the third annoying one is when the, the, it's it's just obviously being snut slid in. Oh, I was talking to just the first name of the person. Even if it's obvious that that person is da-da-da. I don't know. Like, it's hard to do it gracefully, mm-hmm. p- pretty much. So... I have always now strived to be in a position where hopefully my reputation will precede me and I won't ever need to do it. Do Well, what about you? Like, you know, you've been around a bunch of comedians and shit too. Do you ever find yourself thinking about that before talking about this kind of shit? No, when, when I'm hanging out with, with friends and new people and, you know, the, one of the first couple questions is, what do you do? I talk about, you know, I produce a podcast and obviously that, that, generates a follow-up of like, oh, what's the podcast? Who do you work with? Okay. And so I mentioned you and I mentioned Francis and a little bit of the history of the pod and uh, the timeline of where, how I got involved to where we are today. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I, you know, I don't, I don't really mention any specific details. I try not to make it about me because I love like making jokes. I like making everyone feel good and have a good time. I feel like that's the role that I typically play. So to also be the one that's talking the whole time and like, oh, I, feel uh, like I, I don't want to do that. I don't like the attention that comes from it. And Victoria always likes to let people uh, like she 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 praises me and she gives me my flowers in front of everybody when right. something good happens. That's nice. And it makes me very bashful and very shy because I I don't want um, I don't know. I, I think a lot about how what I say could be perceived mm-hmm. uh, to a fault. And so I just like don't like the extra attention because everyone else has some good stuff going on in their lives. Right. So, you know, my one friend gets a promotion or the, uh, someone right. uh, made it through, through a round of layoffs and they're relieved after having such a difficult week. Like me posting a TikTok that got a million views isn't that isn't more important than what everyone else went through during the week. So I do feel like sometimes because of the the stuff that I'm doing is on screen and in like the entertainment mm. side. It seems, and I'm not saying this for, from Victoria's perspective, but 
it seems like, oh, wow, yeah, Ryan thinks what he's doing is bigger than what everyone else has. Everyone has their own problems. And I always want to make sure that everyone has their chance to share their thing, even though, like, the, the entertainment thing is, like, cool and flashy and, like, that's the right. fun thing. I, I want to talk about it as, as little as possible, besides a few friends who right. really are also, like, kind of in the same world. I get it. And it's a good dude. That's a good reflex to have. Because first of all, a lot of people who work in what we do don't have a ton of normal friends. Mine are starting to get even lesser and lesser as time goes on. I'm trying to hang on to them for dear life. But the scheduling conflict alone is enough to like make it difficult, you know, to stay close, close with everybody. Mm -hmm. But you're right. Like you have all these like headline stories that you could, that you could present. So somebody has their good story. There's a chance that every time you have the best story and you just don't want to do that. You'd rather like let other people tell theirs and not have to like be like, they're like, oh yeah, did you see this? And you're like, oh yeah, I saw that. I know that guy. He's actually cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That's the annoying name dropping thing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah I know that guy. I yeah, saw yeah. him at Carbone. Yeah. No, no. Oh, yeah, he, dude, he, he texted me. Look, this is a picture of us. He's texted me a picture of us. He liked my comment on his post. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. He pinned it actually. He commented on my... <laughs> And that's the other thing when you're doing quote cool shit like people notice it's the same as being jacked when you're jacked everybody notices you're jacked and what jacked guys do they don't think anybody notices because they all have body dysmorphia so they wear little shirts and they wear stu and they like do embarrassing shit that takes away from the fact that they're jacked mm -hmm. they're constantly shirtless they're constantly like being like <laughs> and flexing <laughs> as they scratch the top of their head you know what I mean so you can do the same shit with your cool job. You can be oversharing with your cool anecdotes. Everybody knows what you're up to, dude. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know, I do this. Half the time, those people are playing it cool. They know. They're like, oh, really? And even if they don't, they're like, oh, no, I saw it. There's nothing worse than carrying on. They get you going and you tell, you're telling all these stories. You met all these people. People are like, whoa, cool. There comes a point where like, it's, you become annoying. Yeah. This positive thing has become annoying. It's always better to say less. 100%. Always I agree. Better. I agree. So yeah, get used to it though, pal. You know, mm. the more of these Chipotle protests continue, the more difficult it's going to be for you walking around. Yeah, uh, I know. Yeah, keep up the uh, keep up the fight. We haven't heard a response from Chipotle yet. Um, I think I've posted possibly my last video on it. Why? Because it's getting. I I, um, I don't want to pigeonhole myself into being the Chipotle guy. Dude, the suit is a hilarious addition. Thank you. But um, <laughs> we are we are making waves, and uh, as we talked about on the last episode, um, TikTok's algorithm is really liking. Uh, these videos specifically because all these different things are happening at Chipotle. That woman uh, who threw her burrito bowl at the cashier uh, last week, and then she this. was she was Tell sentenced. So some woman, she I don't know why she was upset with the cashier. <laughs> it definitely had nothing to do with with our movement, um, and we do not <laughs> condone this behavior, by the way. But she wasn't happy with something. She was mad at the cashier, point blank, threw her burrito bowl Damn. at the cashier's face. Burrito first. Burrito uh, side first? Bowl first. Food, oh, bowl first. Burrito bowl. Right to the face. But like the food exposed? Food. Oh, yeah. Okay. No lid. Jesus. And uh, she was uh, sentenced to, I believe, two months in working in fast food along with what? six months in jail. What? Yeah. So they, you can sentence somebody to a work? What is this, a gulag? We're treating Chipotle like a work gulag? I guess so. Or, yeah, some, some form of fast food work she has to do for two months because, you know, the judge wants to set the precedent. Like, you know, like Bro. put yourself in their shoes. Yeah, no, that's good. And uh, and yeah, so that becoming a viral story online leads to people going onto TikTok and typing in Chipotle, 
hence where right. our protest videos are doing have well. been getting boosted. So um, I'm great. I'm grateful and I'm glad that happened. Great boost. But I want to show all the new people that are like coming to my channel to see that, you know, there's you more than just hating Chipotle. <laughs> the day, yeah, it's a tough uh, a tough thing in our business. One of your things pops off and you're like, okay, I don't just want to be the Chipotle guy. Bro, six months for throwing a burrito bowl, that seems pretty extreme to me. Six months in jail? Come on. That's crazy. Is well, this, can't she just pay a, pay a fine? I mean, maybe people who are throwing burrito bowls can't like afford to pay fines, but like working in fast food for no money for two months would have been enough for me. I don't know. Yeah. This reminds me of something. When I was in college, um, they were really annoying about people who didn't live in your dorm going into that dorm. So like if uh -huh. you wanted to have a visitor for the weekend, you need to like get them approved and sign them in for the week. So like, for example, if your girlfriend uh, wanted to like stay with you for the weekend, even if she went to BU, you would need to like fill out a thing for her. So this happened to one of my friends. Even if she lived on campus? Yeah. You couldn't just bring a, your girl to sleep in your in your building. Okay. If you lived in the same building, yes. But this was not the case in this situation I'm thinking of. So anyway, my buddy goes up to the guy uh, who's the security guy, and he's trying to sign her in, and, he's, and the guy won't let him. He's like, he's like, are you serious? He's like, come on. He's trying to reason. He's like, come on. Just this one time, you know, she's my girlfriend. Like, she goes to school here. Like, can she please come could just come up? The guy's like, no. He turns around to his girl, and he's like, Babe, he's like, this guy's being a dick. Like, this isn't going to work out. He's like, excuse me? I'm documenting that you just called me a dick. He goes, oh, yeah? Well, document this. Suck my cock. <laughs> Insane behavior. <laughs> anyway, his sentencing was that for three weekends in a row, he had to sit there the entire night and watch how many annoying kids this guy has to deal with trying to do that to learn his lesson wow and i think it was an appropriate punishment yeah but <laughs> that sounds like a good plot for a movie did he have to sit with the guy that he i think that? maybe maybe i think he'd already apologized obviously but like i'm sure it's awkward at that point but he had to like sit there at a desk while the guy worked basically yeah. for three weekends you could just imagine some other guy try to bring try to bring his girlfriend back into the building and then the guy lets him in oh my god just that would be the ultimate dude. move that's what he, yeah, that is the ultimate fucking, the ultimate move. Guys, if you are looking for some comfortable holiday loungewear, underwear, bralettes, all of the above, check out MeUndies. MeUndies, very tight. Very good, very, very tight. Very soft, very comfortable. Some of the best underwear I've ever worn. Whether you're looking for basics or for like a fun holiday design. I mean, do they have some really fun holiday underwear, which is like a great, fun and exciting holiday gift i must say uh on top of whatever standard underwear uh or undergarments that you intend to gift anybody but dude there's these briefs that just have a polar bear wearing a flannel button down on i presumably you can't really see the buttons because that's polar fun. bears are on all fours uh <laughs> along with some snowflakes and trees and they also have the standard sort of plaid boxer brief short situation a nice little sexy red bralette. Yeah. Pretty much anything you could want in a holiday gift. Uh, and I think MeUndies is your spot, man. Yeah, me too. You can also match with your partner. Uh, they have the same designs for guys and girls, girls and girls, guys and guys. Whatever the case may be, it's the perfect holiday gift to give to a loved one or a friend that you know has some ripped underwear and they need to get something good. 
Absolutely. Knock out your holiday shopping today and get 20% off of your first order plus free shipping at MeUndies.com slash oops. That's MeUndies.com slash oops for 20% off plus free shipping. M-E-U-N-D-I-E-S dot com slash oops. MeUndies, comfort from the outside in. Uh, We want to talk about Squid Games on this show eventually. We want to give you the chance to watch it. If you haven't watched it yet, you'll get pretty sucked in. They have made a reality show out of the popular scripted show, Squid Games. They've turned that exact thing into a reality show, except the people don't actually die. They kind of ceremonially die when, they're, when they lose the game or whatever. They fall back. Mm-hmm. It's really fun the way they've done it. There's a lot of moving parts that are fun and interesting that we want to talk about. Not and, and maybe most importantly, Ryan has a personal connection to one of the people that got like pretty far in the game. Yeah. She was in the top 75 or 50 even. 20. What? Yeah. She was in the final 20? Oh, you're right. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. Crazy. Stay tuned. We have uh, we have a dog in the race and uh, she's <laughs> she's within uh, the, the top 20 and it is an entertaining show. The, way they, the way they edit it is so addicting. It's one of the few shows where I like I wasn't on my phone while watching it. Yeah. And they do a good job. Uh, they interview everybody uh, or they interview a lot of people and they, uh, I, I can only imagine how much planning went into it. And Well, they uh, definitely in- interviewed, I think they probably interviewed everyone. Like the pre- that like pre-competition interview. Yeah, yeah they just probably didn't and use the contingency that they make it really far because it really seems like it's not rigged. Like it seems very like- the person that wins, you would never expect to win, or the people that make it to the very end, right. you would never expect. Which is it why to you have to interview everyone. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. they did a good job, and I know they just renewed for a second season. Cool. And they also just released. So this one's called Squid Game: The Challenge. I think they made uh, Netflix just released the making of Squid Game: The Challenge, where they do a documentary oh, of the behind the scenes. Interesting. Um, but yeah, it's a great show. Had me sweating on my feet. But should we hold off? Yeah. Into the Let's specifics? hold off on the discussion. Yeah. Just remind uh, remind me that we need to talk about this still. Hundred percent. Um, I have a good a movie recommendation, dude. Godzilla. Minus one. Yes. You have you watched it yet? I haven't yet. Is it streaming? No. Movies? It's it, it's only limited run in the movies. I recommend seeing the movies. It is a great, like big monster movie. It's like really good. It's getting really good reviews. Um, apparently, it was like not that expensive to make, which is something everybody's talking about because I guess that like the last Godzilla versus Kong cost like three hundred million to make or something, and this only costs like eighteen million dollars and is like amazing. Mm-hmm. Um. And dude, I didn't realize this this music is originally from Godzilla. Dun 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 dun. Dun 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 dun. Remember that like It sounds like the beginning of a hip hop song. Yeah, the Pharaoh Monch song. It's a it's a sample. Dun, 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 dun. How does it yeah yeah? Dun, 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 get the fuck out. It's from Godzilla. I didn't know that. It's from, from I guess the original Godzilla is from the fifties because this was the seventy year anniversary. So maybe maybe the sixties. Seventy year anniversary. So six, 1963, Then that would mean. Dude, that's a Godzilla. I had no idea. Same. I had no idea. And they use it in this movie. Really fucking dope. Okay, Godzilla. This, like this is the thing that's great. I made Hillary watch it too. She liked it, but she couldn't get over certain things that. In order to like the, a movie like that, you sort of just need to get over it. One of them is the fact that Godzilla is just like kind of always in a bad mood and he doesn't appear to be eating any of the shit he's destroying. Like he'll be walking through a city and just like will pick up a train and throw it across the city, but doesn't like eat the train. 
He's like pissed off about something. Just a cranky toddler. He's just like pissed. Yeah. He's, he's, he just likes destroying shit. And Nathan McIntosh made the funny point. He's like, buddy, people shoot at him everywhere he goes. That's <laughs> <laughs> pretty fucking funny. The other thing that's insane though, dude, is that, and I don't know if every Godzilla is like this, but Godzilla is radioactive. So Godzilla will, will like slowly walk around your town. He sort of walks like a penguin. I think he swims better than he does move around on land. He kind of walks slowly. He also is kind of thick, dude. He has fat thighs, like mm-hmm. fat ass Godzilla. And right when he's destroyed everything, he then lets off a nuclear heat wave that sets off a nuclear bomb wherever he is. And that's after what? After he- after he's just walked around and like stomp, stomped on everything. So another thing they show in this one, these aren't really spoilers, like Godzilla gets much bigger because they do all the nuclear testing in the Pacific Ocean. Originally, he's just kind of like a dinosaur, but you could probably take him down. He then becomes nuclear after all like the Marshall Islands, whatever, whatever testing, the bikini at all, they're doing all this testing in the ocean. Godzilla then like 10 X's in size and then is able to like regenerate. So like you blow his face off and his face regenerates. So he's just literally like the worst nightmare of all. And it's hilarious and awesome. Without spoiling it, because I'm not really familiar with Godzilla. The or nuclear King blast Kong. is sick, by the way. Okay, sorry. I, so if, if he can regenerate his face, like how does he die? How can he die? We, we don't he, know. Okay. He is thick. Godzilla is thick, dude. This is the one. Yeah. Who, so why is it Godzilla minus one? I don't know. Can you look that up? Yeah. And then is this... Uh, well, it's funny. I was thinking that it meant that like the people won Godzilla zero, but Godzilla is clearly up at least 3-1 based on what happens in the movie. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I got to check that out. That I heard that it's got a beautiful story. The story's really nice. And there's like a nice... Yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. It's really good. I got to check that out. I was walking home um, two nights ago. I'm looking this up about Godzilla. Cool. Um, and I saw that there was a pop-up uh, oh, yeah. The title minus one symbolizes Japan's lowest point after World War II, and the emergence of Godzilla worsens the country's already dire state, <laughs> taking it below zero. <laughs> well, that's a good explanation. That's, great. that's all we needed. Right I when things couldn't get any worse, the shittiest, scariest monster of all time. <laughs> While you're appears. down and out. That you can't kill and that sets off nuclear blasts every time he appears. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I-, I was walking home, and they had this, this pop up event for this new movie, Poor Things. With Emma Stone, Will oh, Rami's Defoe, Rami. There, there's name dropping right there. Yeah. Oh, Rami's in that. You did it. You did it in a nice <laughs> way. And um, who else? Uh, Mark Gerard Ruffalo. Carmichael, Gerard Carmichael. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And who? Uh, Mark Ruffalo. Who? And there's one other big actor. Defoe. Willem Defoe. And uh, I was walking by, and they had. Uh, I scanned the QR code, and it was like a tasting. Uh, I've never been in an immersive like event like that before. But was it, it cool? It, you, you just walked by? I walked by. I didn't cool. go. It was already, it was Classic closing. Lynch. It was closing and it was the very last day. I was freaking out because I love Emma Stone. I'm watching The Curse right now How on uh, Showtime by uh, Ben Safdie, uh, Nathan Fielder, and Emma Stone. It's good. It's slow burn. It's like Uncut Gems and Good Time, but I haven't had that like <gasps> moment yet. But I'm gonna watch to see uh, to see that happen. But besides cool. the point, the the pop up display they had a stained glass window with Emma Stone's face on it, but it looked like a Roman Catholic church. Like it looked like oh, real cool. stained glass. Like it did not look. It was like, not in a church. It wasn't in a church. It was at an oyster restaurant. <laughs> but in, where in in Brooklyn? In uh, Williamsburg, uh, right on Bedford Avenue. Um, and what? Um, it doesn't matter specifically. I don't know. Okay. 
But really cool. That's a fun thing to just stumble upon oh, and yeah. walk by. I wish I knew a little sooner. I definitely would have checked it out. That movie looks really good. Yeah, yeah. I'm so. excited to check it out. Are there any movies that you recommend seeing? Because it, it, yeah, it is uh, Golden Globes uh, nominations just came out. I saw that. So the Oscar ones are probably right around the corner. It's usually March when it's Oscar season, right? Yeah, I think they usually come out with the nominees in January. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, I watched the Leave the World Behind. And the, the, the ending is sort of controversial. It's not really a spoiler. I, mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed it. I watched uh, the Mary Kay Letourneau movie, which I didn't love. Hillary liked it. I didn't. It's a Natalie Portman and Julianne Moore. Is that May December? Yep, May December. Yeah. Um, so not really. I've been getting interested. So our buddy Ted Jones is really into these like ultra marathons. He doesn't actually run them. Dan Lamort actually runs them. That's a community. We should talk. We should have him on. He does all these crazy ultra marathons. So this guy used to be like four hundred pounds too, bro. And now he's running fifty mile races. So anyway, there's a couple of these races out there that are crazy. One of them is called the Barkley Marathons. I think it's called that because it's never the same. It's a 100-mile race, but everybody who runs a race says that it's more like 130 miles, which is insane. Um, It's in sort of like, I don't think it's necessarily in Appalachia, but it looks like it. It's in Tennessee somewhere. I think it's in eastern Tennessee. I don't know for sure. The guy who runs it's kind of wacky. He's sort of like a sadist. He like gets off on how hard the fucking race is. He looks evil. He lights a cigarette (laughs) to start the race. So he's not like a some like fitness freak. Maybe he was in a past life. I don't really know his his story. But anyway, only seventeen people have finished the race. There's a really cool uh, documentary on YouTube about it. You only have sixty hours to finish the race. I was trying to do the math on this. So like I don't I don't know that. And and it's not just like a straightforward path. You only know the path uh, like one third of the way. The rest of it you're kind of like bumbling through the woods. So it's like kind of confusing. I don't know that anybody anybody would have time to sleep and finish it. So I think it's like one of those crazy fucking races. There's that and there's this other one in the Sahara Desert that is just like nuts. So yeah, only 17 people have finished the Barkley Marathon. I think the world record is 27 hours or something going into this one. This is called the Barkleys? The Barkley Marathons. So what did this guy do to generate enough buzz to get people to want to run his race? So dude, there's like no website. It's like one of these kind of things. It's cost a dollar and 60 cents to enter. And you all, if it's the first time you have to bring a license plate from where you're from, there's all these like wacky things that have made it legendary. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just pretty fascinating. I love, I get inspired when I see people doing shit like that, even though I don't want to do that specifically, just like seeing people be so committed inspires me whether it be that or even just like seeing people who look amazing will sometimes inspire me too, which makes me understand why people are into like tabloids. It's kind of like what we were talking about with Giannis, like seeing people who like are amazing or look amazing can like be inspiring in some capacity. Mm -hmm. So that's why when I see like a hot chick, sometimes I'm like, man, she looks great. And that just like inspires me to like want to be healthy. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's weird. I know everybody says that this is weird. That's um, not weird. That's your truth. Thank you, Ryan. Said it numerous times. Did you find anything good? Um, only thing I found was that no women have ever completed the the race. <laughs> I didn't nice search for that. <laughs> yeah. Nice. nice, Ryan. How about that? No, that was just the <laughs> only notable thing that popped up. It's in Tennessee. Seventeen people, though, right? Is Seventeen that- people. Uh, the event length is three days and two nights. Um, but that's that's a vague answer. Um, well, that makes sense. Sixty hours. Yeah. Because that's you have sixty hours to complete it. And, uh, and yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch this too. We can maybe is it's it on cool. YouTube? Yeah, yeah. yeah we were we'll watching. Drop, we'll drop the link. Well, we were setting it up. We were kind of watching. It. it was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, dude. But all right, I want to talk about immortality. Okay. 
immortality. Can I get water first? Please. Julia. Yeah. There's three things that I think are very, very sexy. What? what the first you? thing is dressing real nice. Mm. The second thing is smelling real nice. Okay. And the third thing is knowing a second language. Ah, oh, dude, I know. It's so sexy. Yeah, that's why I'm hopping on Babbel right now. Did you know that only 22% of Americans speak a language other than English at home? Interesting. Think about this. For example, in America, right? You can go anywhere in America and speak English and completely and get, be completely get away with it and be fine. I feel like in Europe, all the different countries are like the equivalent of the states. And I think like America is way bigger than Western Europe. You know what I mean? Imagine if you went to Rhode Island and suddenly they were speaking a different language predominantly. Mm -hmm. That might make you more likely to learn it or pick it up. But like here, we're kind of isolated. You know what I mean? I get that we have Mexico to the south and there's a lot of Spanish speaking people here, et cetera, et cetera. But still... The net end result is that people here don't speak more than one language. I'm a great example. My parents speak Italian and are from Italy and I don't really speak Italian. So that's kind of a bummer. Uh, so I'm thinking, dude, 2024 could be my year to learn another language. Uh, and Babbel makes it easy. It's great. I've used it in the past and I've used it before. I've gone on trips where I know that learning another language will be helpful. And Babbel can really get you cooking in a couple weeks, man. I'll never forget before I went, I was going to go to Uzbekistan and canceling the trip, but they said that learning some Russian is helpful. So I was like, all right, I'm going to learn some Russian. They said that the Russian learning the alphabet is helpful. Now, the thing that's cool about Babbel, you can kind of choose the way that you want to learn. And you should probably, in my opinion, combine all of them. But it's like, you can use the app to speak, you can use it to write, the lessons are different. So I was like, if I don't understand the language, why is it helpful to know the alphabet? Mm -hmm. But it is. And there's a couple of reasons. First of all, you know, things can become recognizable. But secondly, a lot of the words in Russian are recognizable if you hear them. But if you see them, you wouldn't know because you can't read the alphabet. So for example, the word assistant in Russian, assistant. Mm. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. the same word with an accent. Professor, professor. Not that those specific words are going to be written anywhere, but you know, hospital, right, left, these things all help. So anyway, Babbel's your one-stop shop for everything. It shows you how to add the additional keyboard to your thing. It's very, very cool. It's very effective. Uh, so right now, here's a special limited time deal for our listeners to get you started right now. Get 55% off of your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash oops. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash oops. Spell B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash oops. Rules and restrictions may apply. I want to talk about immortality. Okay. Immortality. I remember when I was a kid, I used to be like, man, it would be awesome to be immortal. You don't understand life that well at that point. So you don't realize. I, I now, as I get older, I understand why Dracula's plight is so terrible. He never dies. And, you know, many, many lives just go on forever and ever. And he's constantly losing people who he loves um, throughout as time goes on. Right. I guess unless you could make somebody else into a vampire and then they live with you forever too. Mm -hmm. If you are hanging out in an insular community of vampires, theoretically, there might be a way to do it and be fine. Because these are your boys forever, you know? Um, so there's that. And also like you're, you're at odds with society enough that you don't have to participate in society. The sun kills you. You know, so that's so that's the other that that prompts the next question about immortality. Is it that if you do everything you're supposed to do, you theoretically will live forever, like a Dracula type, whereas you need to drink blood constantly. If you don't, I think you die, right? 
or a silver bullet can kill you if you don't have blood, the sun, there's things that can kill you, but you're able to live forever. Whereas humans, we eventually will die no matter what, no matter if nothing bad happens to us, we will hit a point where we're just too old and we'll buckle and we're done. But with Dracula or a vampire, I don't know why I keep saying Dracula specifically. He's like the vampire. He can live forever. Theoretically, as long as he doesn't do any of the shit that can kill him, he will live forever. Cool. Now I wonder this, is there a type of immortality where you just live forever no matter what? You don't need to eat, you don't need to sleep, you might feel like shit, but you don't need to do anything and you will live forever. To me, that is so scary because eventually the solar system will collapse. Eventually the sun will explode or whatever and life will not be possible here anymore. And who knows, maybe the earth will explode someday. And now what happens to you? You're just floating around in orbit forever? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because at least with the vampire, you have options to You can die. die. But yeah, you're just stuck in like an existential crisis for millions of years or thou- how many years? For well, infinity, infinity time. But how many years until the, the world explodes? I have no idea. Okay, well. I mean, it's not supposed to happen anytime soon, but can you look this up? Actually, it would make me feel better to know that. Because I saw some like clickbaity thing the other day that was like, there's a hole in the sun. But then I read more and it's like normal. Because that's the thing that makes me feel better. Like our life is such a blip. Yeah. The scorching uh, destruction of Earth is going to be in about 7.59 billion years. 7.59 billion years. Yes. Unless uh, obviously something else happens in the interim. But that seems to be the end date. Got it. That's a long time. That's a really long time. How do they calculate 0.59? Like how? Like how do they really do the I, math? Come on, dude. Seven point five nine billion. Are you yeah. guys that sure? So seven point five nine <laughs> billion years. Um, I don't know. I, I yeah, that is very sad. That is very sad. <laughs> right? Imagine you're just in orbit. You'd probably, you know, what's funny. You'd probably be trying to figure out ways to die because you're so scared of that. Eight billion years from now, I guess. I guess you'd hope that you would uh, float towards a different solar system. You have plenty of time to like, like you just have to hope that you'll land at a planet where there's something that will give bro, you some you stimulant. When you're in orbit, I mean, I don't know. Like, would you end up in orbit eventually? I guess if the solar system just collapses, you would be floating aimlessly for a while until you ended up in orbit of something. I get because if I mean if the, if Earth is gone. But there's no people like anywhere nearby. So you'd need to now travel like light years, which I guess you have time to do. And you'd have to do it like <laughs> this, like you're swimming or doggy paddling, unless you were intuitive enough, unless you were intuitive enough to like befriend an Elon Musk right now and like try to get like in on the whole, uh, the spaceship action. You need to figure so, out how to kill yourself. You but just, you can't. You need to figure it out. How do you know, like, how that do you know that you, work. how do you know that you can't kill yourself though? You just you're need, immortal. you need to How hope- do you know that you're immortal? Because you've been around forever and nothing that you do, you you don't die. And maybe there's some other immortal guy who you talked to once and like (laughs) he just kept on his way and you're trying to find him too or something. Like you're just searching for purpose. You have all the time in the world. Now the only good thing about this, like let's try to think of some silver linings. If you're married to somebody and like you don't really like her that much and you like feel bad about it, like you're not attracted to her, eventually you know This is just a small period of time for you. I wonder if a hundred years goes by the way a year goes by for us when you have that much context. Mm -hmm. That's interesting because I know time is relative. Mm -hmm. You also need to think about will you be aging and at which age will you be locked into if you become immortal? Because if we're like our age and like Hillary and Victoria, let's say we hated them and they go and they they perish like 
no big deal. We're like in peak physical form. But like if we're like 90 when that happens, then that's sad. And then, Dude, oh, this is making me sad. I'm just at Hillary's bedside as she like starts to de- decay. And I'm like, you're the one, you're the one, my, my, the number one. But she doesn't even need to know actually that you're immortal. But she would yeah, know, but she you, knows at this point you're 25. Yeah, so. when when you're when yeah. she's when she's 82 and you're still you know going to your yoga classes like and you look the same like something's up. How long would it take to get over the one who you were the most in love with? Like, like would it take a hundred years? You'd have to get over it eventually. I mean, you gotta like move on. You have to do something. That I feel like that would send me down such a spiral. You'd be so rich. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, bro, they say like if you invested, a, you know, a dollar in in 1886 or whatever, you'd be like a bajillionaire now. I don't know if modern banking even existed, but you know what? Like there's some comparison about that. Yeah. You'd be so fucking rich, which would be awesome. I mean, you could just like, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe you don't even operate the way a human does in the brain. Like you don't care about personal connection for validation's sake. I'd say maybe it would take 10 lifetimes. To, to get over my significant other, unless I immediately got That's another sweet. one. That's sweet. Well, what do you mean? But why would you immediately get another one if you're trying to get out? You can't get over it. You wouldn't get another one. Well, I'm sure there'll be some sad hookups and, and like things like that. But like to truly get over, I feel like 10 lifetimes because you're very far. You're, you're, ten, you're nine lifetimes or 10 lifetimes removed at 10 lifetimes. Would it be nine or 10? Or 11? I'm not really sure. It'd be very far removed be far from removed. that relationship. So I feel like at that point, you never would heal. Or you, you would heal, but you'd still, you know, that would hurt. You should be president of the world if you're immortal like that. Because you've experienced so many different times. Like, at some point, they try to change the age of consent. And you're like, guys, I lived in a time where the age of consent was like 15. It was fine. And you're like, all right. Like, you're just so wise. Like, you know, like you can make controversial decisions because you've had so much wisdom. You've experienced so much. It's interesting. It would be cool to like be able to pinpoint what was the best time. Mm -hmm. And now granted, like that may not be the same for you because modern medicine doesn't apply to you because you're immortal. So like being able to have all these big breakthroughs with antibiotics and et cetera, like doesn't really affect you that much. So I wonder, we all think that we live in the best time, but I wonder about that. We mm-hmm. probably don't. I mean, the 70s seemed great. There was no, like, HIV yet. Mm-hmm. It was just a big party, from what I gather. Mm-hmm. Like, people who were young in the 70s had the most fun ever. Mm. When people ask, like, oh, what what decade do you wish that you were, like, living in or you were a part of? I always said, like, I'd love to be, like, a teenager or in my early 20s around the 60s. Because it seemed like, you know, malt shop memory, doo-wop-de-bop, like, Mary Sue. Oh, like, early 60s. Yeah, like, the early 60s. But, like, I don't know what... Like that's just a that's just a uh, an idea of the '60s. I don't know what actually was going on there, so I, I can't. I, don't think you're I, wrong, I, I can't say. But that, that the I could '50s pick is more of what you're talking about. I think. You're right. The '50s is like like Late 50s, I think the early '60s, 60s too. But like they even like in shows like that's a cliche that the '50s were like, ooh, we don't talk about our feelings. Everything's perfect. Ooh, mm-hmm. wow, like America's amazing. Like like there was no like cynicism yet. There was no Vietnam War yet. You know what I mean? There was mm-hmm. no like. Um, we don't have to get into all that, but well, think about you mentioned like you have to be president of the world or whatever. Think about the pressure that puts on you. Like I wouldn't want to be president of the world. Like, but you also have this responsibility. These are your children. They're all going to die. You, you essentially are. It God. gives you purpose. You're God. But like, I didn't ask to be immortal. Yeah, but life so- is great because it ends. Think yeah. about that. 
life is great if because it ends. All of our memories, all of our things that we do, they have value because they're not forever. And I think that that is an interesting and fun thing to think about. It's like living your life is a special thing because like if you eat the best pasta dish every single day, that loses its value. It's special for a reason. The way the life is special for a reason. Mm -hmm. So, you know, live your life. Try to enjoy it, I think is what I what mm -hmm. I take away from that. What made you think of this? I was thinking about it the other day. I was just thinking about immortality and how I used to think that that was a thing that was was awesome and how I wished that I could have I want to live forever and now I'm like oh it would actually be terrible mm -hmm. unless everybody who you love can live forever too and even then bro you just want to, you're just gonna live forever with somebody like surely there has to be some way to maybe you find out the only way you can possibly die is in a black hole and you're just swimming through space looking for a black hole for millions of for years millions and millions and millions and millions of years okay last question about this what would be something if you were immortal that you would never get bored of If I was immortal, I th I do believe I would get bored of everything, but this is the thing. I'd be rich and I would be able to literally, and guys, like I would without a doubt be rich. Like you don't have to be smart to be rich. You make the most conservative investments of all time and in 150 years, you're fucking rich, like period. You know what I mean? So you kind of work, you don't even have to work that hard. You can just work a normal ass job. You will eventually become rich. So that's something to look forward to, at least in the short term, mm -hmm. as you've discovered that you're immortal or whatever. I would uncover every single place on the globe, for sure. I would, since my body can handle immense pressure and maybe it would just be too painful so i wouldn't be i wouldn't I just be, picture you diving into a volcano <laughs> on a thursday afternoon just for shits well, and giggles yeah, i would push the boundaries of what can be done so i'd make all sorts of scientific break, breakthroughs that would benefit humanity like i'd swim to the bottom of the ocean but dude like the pressure would probably be too much like i wonder if that's the thing maybe certain things are too painful that i don't want to do them or maybe it's one of those things like hancock where like you can die but you just like and it hurts like a bitch, but you just come back fine. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's it. I don't really know. But I would try really hard to do every <laughs> single... <laughs> Dude, there's all these like... Okay. So there's all these different ways to see the entire world. Which, by the way, guys, we have Alona Carafin coming on this podcast. Yes. And she is... She puts me to shame as far as travel is concerned. I don't exactly know what she does specifically, but she like is always making these branded videos for hotels, like fancy hotels and shit all over the world. But she also like has been to Afghanistan. I think she's been to like twice as many uh, parts of the world as I have and is constantly traveling. She rocks and like her travel stories make mine look like child's play. So I'm looking forward to having her on. She She's awesome. So there's that. But there's all these lists when you travel that are ways to sort of measure checking stuff off. I hate the idea of checking stuff off. I want to do it as thoroughly as possible, but it's a good way to sort of measure doing stuff. I'm doing the Trump thing. Measure doing stuff. Um, so there's the national parks, right? There's 60, whatever. But then there's the national park units. There's 425. Okay, that'll, that'll keep me busy for a while. Mm -hmm. I'm at 150 something right now. Then there's all the countries in the world, right? Which again, is severely undervaluing exploring certain countries. Certain countries are gigantic. I've been to St. Petersburg. I'm not satisfied with that. I need to see much more of Russia, but I can still say I've been to Russia, right? So there's 190, 
one or something countries that classify under the UN jurisdiction. Once you've been to those, there's then the Traveler Century Club, which extends. So that's territory. So like that includes St. Martin and St. Martin is actually colonized by the French and the Dutch. So that's now two and the island of Jersey and the West Bank and like all these places that are like not technically countries according to the UN, but but maybe are. And I know, that, you know, whatever. But then beyond that, there's another one that's like by region. So once you've done all of that, then how do you keep that going further? So that could take me a few hundred years for sure, but which is just like a drop in the bucket. So I'd have to like become, I'd have to become obsessed with different shit to, to keep going. I maybe would get really into fitness after that. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'd try to run around the world. I don't know. I, I'd like, I try to stay busy, man. I like, I think that actually in, in, you'd have a responsibility to do like space exploration and, and try to find other civilizations and literally oh, save the Oh, you have the all the race. time. Dude, that's true. I mean, that like 500 year journey or whatever. I think the Mars journey is like 80 years. Yeah. I think that that is like, that's nothing to me. I'm like, dude, 100%. You're right. So if, if Earth blows up in 7.59 wow. billion years, you have plenty of time. You have plenty of time that's to find sick, something. That's sick, actually. That you might know, be the purpose. Wow, dude, good call. And there's plenty of shit to explore intergalactically there at that point. <laughs> and as time goes on, my... Because look, the Earth is only... Humans have only been around for... What? A million years or something? I have no idea. That's a good question. But like, you know, society began in 5,000 BC. Humans were around before that too. But I think, you know, Mesopotamian society was in like 5,000 BC or something. You can look at all this. We need to fact check all this shit. Between five and seven million years ago. When humans first came around. And then when did Mesopotamia, when was Mesopotamia a thing? So as you're looking for that. Uh, 2700 BC. 2700 BC. Wait, okay. wait, 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 wait. Um, so yeah, so like 5,000 years ago. So society's been around 5,000 years. It's not long. 6,000 years ago. Okay, so I've had plenty of time now as an immortal to enjoy society. It's only 6,000 years, so things change. I'm staying interested in some capacity in that way, right? And then I think at some point I'd have some sort of sexual mission. Like I would have every scenario of sex possible that's like, uh, that's moral. You know what I mean? No, no sex against people's will. No weird illegal sex. Just like, and I know I could get away with it, but I would, I'd have to live with that for all, all time if I like ruin people's lives. So I'd attempt to like have every sexual scenario, every kind of person, men, women. I'd have sex with everyone, uh, and then I get bored of that eventually, and then maybe I'd go through a monogamy phase, and I'd be with the same person for a hundred years, and then they'd pass away, and I'd be brutalized by it, and then I'd go have sex with everybody again. So I guess there's a way to like kind of balance it, <laughs> to go back and forth a bit, mm-hmm. and keep things interesting. You know what, dude? Maybe I do want to kind of be immortal. <laughs> this is sounding fun, and not the sex thing. I just meant like <laughs> all the different shit you can do, and how sick would that be to be part of like exploring and finding new civilizations? And like, I'm rich and I'm wise. I'm the fucking man, dude. Yeah. I'm the coolest guy on earth. You could save humanity. I could save humanity. But you don't need to do that for several this thou- millions of years. 7.9 billion years. 7.951 billion years. Yeah. <laughs> 7.59. 7.59 billion years. But like you have a couple billion that you can just fuck around with. This is this rules. That's all. I just picture you. This is a, a movie. This is a movie. I picture you in a car with, uh, you know, three people and one person's like, oh, I got laid off this week. The other person's like, I got a promotion. And then you're just like, I just, I was swimming in the volcano earlier today. <laughs> Always the bigger headline story. No, I'm like Flexing my six, my 6,000th wife died today. <laughs> <laughs> it gets easier as time goes on, dude. Um, Ugh. crazy. Good discussion. I love it. I love it. 
let us know your thoughts on immortality, what you would do with your time. Oops, the podcast at gmail.com, which reminds me, let's hit an email. What do you say, Rye Guy? Let's rip it. This holiday season, I want to give a gift to my loved ones that makes them feel special and unique, just like the relationship we share. And that's why I'm gifting everybody that I care about StoryWorth. StoryWorth is an online service that helps you and your loved ones preserve precious memories and stories for years to come. It is a thoughtful and meaningful gift that connects you to those who matter most. Yeah, and it's cool. Like at the end of a year. So basically, for example, I gift Ryan StoryWorth. Uh, and what will happen is over a period of time, he will get emailed some questions, specific questions. So for example, it might say, what are your fam, some of your family traditions? All you need to do is reply to this email with your answer. And then it says, when we receive your story, we'll automatically save it in your private story worth account. But then it says, if this question doesn't inspire you, you can always skip it and pick a different one by clicking the button below, which I think is cool. Now you might be wondering like, why would I ask Ryan this? I might ask Ryan this, I might not ask Ryan this, but I think it's really great for older people in your family. That, in my opinion, is where this is a great thing because a lot of the time, I don't know, old people, older people than you in your family, you get into this rhythm where they're the ones asking you questions and Mm -hmm. you're never asking them questions. And all this time can go by and suddenly you don't really know much about them. And I'll never forget, I remember one of my uncles who passed away, may he rest in peace, he... I learned so much about him one time. It was before StoryWorth existed. I wish it existed while he was alive. But like every once in a while, I would just get a tidbit from him about his life. And I'd just be like, what? You did that? You lived there? And he'd be like, yeah, yeah. I just never thought to tell you or you never asked. And I'm like, wow. So what if suddenly you were asking uh, and before you know it, you might learn so much about your loved one and it compiles all their answers at the end of the year into a book that you can keep forever. StoryWorth is where it's at if you want to connect with some loved ones. With StoryWorth, I am giving those that I love most a thoughtful personal gift from the heart and preserving their memories and stories for years to come. Go to storyworth.com oops and save $10 on your first purchase. That's storyworth.com oops to save $10 on your first purchase. It's spelled S-T-O-R-Y-W-O. O-R-T-H dot com slash oops. So we were talking about blimps and we got a good email about blimps that actually help a bit. Thank you. Um, I think we asked, we asked for an email about blimps. Thanks, Mike. You delivered. Mike, Michael, thanks for sending this. Uh, Long time listener, first time emailer was listening to Tuesday's pod. And for once I can actually help you guys out. The blimp man. This email was titled Goodyear blimp, by the way. I flew in the Goodyear blimp when I was in fifth grade, 2008. This was... (laughs) This was always my fun fact whenever I had to do any force introduction games. One of the blimps is kept in Pompano Beach, shout out Kodak Black, Pompano Beach, Florida, and I have some family in the area. At my cousin's school fundraiser, one of the raffle items was a trip in the blimp. Someone at the school was relatively high up a good year, apparently. Luckily, my cousin and her family won the raffle and eventually invited me to ride in the blimp. Once I got to the hangar, I truly realized how how enormous a blimp is and how challenging it is to keep them on the ground. (laughs) (laughs) The process of getting in the Goodyear blimp was not what I expected. Once the blimp gets out of the hangar, there are ropes and handles on the blimp that large grown men hold on too tightly as they can allow passengers to climb into the blimp pictured below. The actual cabin part of the blimp is essentially the size of a minivan, and there is one pilot. (laughs) That's crazy. They're so big. To take off, all that happens is the guys on the ground (laughs) let go of the blimp. (laughs) 
<laughs> Once you get in the air, it is super quiet and the passenger window is actually open. There was enough wind for the pilot to turn the small propellers off and we were just floating with the wind. Dude, that's crazy. To maneuver in the air, the pilot has a wheel to tip the nose of the blimp and adjust propellers if need be. We cruised around the beaches in the area for probably an hour or two, then went back to the hangar where the pilot told us we will not have much time when we <laughs> land to get off the blimp because it's strenuous for the ground crew to hold the blimp down. <laughs> Dude, that's an insane job. When you get close to landing, they put a step stool out near the door in the cabin and you have to get out as quick as you can. Fun fact about the Goodyear blimp, there are only three in the United States and one in Europe. Hope this helps and appreciate you both for giving me company when I work from home. Thank you, Michael. That was extremely helpful. Thanks, Michael. Hilarious. I love the picture. It was pretty good, right? I always thought that like the whole greater space of the blimp was like usable. I thought you were able to roam around in there, but it's just this little minivan. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, that's big, dude. Kind of. I guess you're right. I actually, I feel you. I pictured that too. I pictured like it was like a ferry. Yeah, Where you could like walk and order a drink and like. Mm -hmm. Get a shitty soft pretzel. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. But that's, crazy. that's not how it is. Now we know. And that's why we ask questions. And that's why we ask you guys if you know any answers. And that's why Mike sent us that email. So thank you. Now we all know. That's very good. Thank you, Mike. Ryan, we found out that we have something in common. We have the same middle name. I know. How do we never I've... talk about this? I didn't know. I didn't know your middle name was Christian. I didn't know yours was. Yeah. You think it would have come up at some point. I guess so. Yeah. How did how did you? Because you texted me saying, "What's your middle name?" So you must have had an inkling that I was. It was the was case. I booking travel for you? So why would I have been asking you that? I don't know. Did you go up. on my Facebook? Because my Facebook up. has no. Christian uh, in the in the name. Let's see here. How did this come up? Because I thought that was a cool and sexy thing to do when I went to college. Just put my middle name in there. I asked you out of nowhere. I think I was either booking somebody else's flight. I forget how that came up. No, I. I now know. I was booking a flight for one of the producers of my of my special. Mm -hmm. And I texted my manager and I was like, are we good? And he was like, I'm waiting on Jay's middle name because he was booking a flight for him. And that's when I realized I didn't know your middle name. So I was like, what's your middle name? Oh. Ryan's middle name is Christian, which by the way, suits you better than it suits me. Ryan Christian Lynch. That makes sense. Danny Palmer had the funny idea that we should rename the pod the Christians. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about God specifically <laughs> furthering no. that joke. Um, but my, I have a very Italian name. Yeah, that surprises me that yours is Christian. Hillary always thinks it's funny that like some people in my name or in my family have like insanely Italian names and other people have just like very straightforward names. And people who are like brother and sister too will have like an extremely Italian name and an extremely American name. So anyway, because uh, why not, first of all? But it is funny. If you look at my family's names, my brother is Alessio Michele Eliseo Gallarotti. My dad, I think, has the same middle name as my brother. My mom is Angela Gemma Gallarotti, right? Like, so fucking Italian. I don't know why I said Gallarotti, then Gallarotti. But my, and then I'm Giulio Christian. Yeah. It's like random. Very out of place. My parents thought about naming me Christian, which would actually have been great. My name would be so much easier. Christian is sort of a hot guy name. Mm -hmm. And just being Christian Gallarotti, dude, that's a movie star name. Mm -hmm. And instead, I'm Giulio. Like, it's just the most confusing fucking clumsy name of all time people are gonna say your name's great i know my name's good but like it is confusing mm -hmm. christian's a good middle name because it makes you sound like a good person totally 
and totally. I'm, I'm glad that that was bestowed person, upon Ryan. me. You're a good person. Oh, thanks. So nice that, that fits that fits nicely. I'm glad we have yeah, that bond. I'm glad we have that bond. That's a good bond. But yeah, I still could have gone by Christian. Like when you sign up for SAG, you have to tell them what your name is. Mm-hmm. And I, I did actually sit there and think about it, but I had already been, you know, five years into comedy or whatever at this point when for SAG, the Screen Actors Guild, you have to sign up after you've done three SAG jobs. And at that point, you have to sign up. Now, some people sign up first, like right when they do the first one, because it's cool to say you're in SAG, but that's sort of like piker behavior, like being in SAG or not being in SAG doesn't fucking matter. You know what I mean? You're not like, like, like just so you can tell your family from home, you're in the screen act. You know what I mean? Like there's no real value to it. You can still work in a SAG job if you're not in SAG. And I think they used to say, oh, they're more likely to hire somebody in SAG. I don't necessarily know that that's true. Anyway, I signed up after three and then they make you pay a bunch of money to sign up also, which sucks. Cause I remember the job that I was a must join for, I made like $700 and you have to pay 3,500 to sign up. So like it actually like, I like went into debt signing up for SAG in like 2015 or whatever. Has it gone up? You think? I have no idea. But SAG and AFTRA amount? merged. So you had to pay more before it was less, but you had to sign up for both. Wow. AFTRA's like for, I don't even know, radio voice or whatever. It's like one thing now. Um, but there was that moment where I could have changed my name to Christian. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I don't know how well, that age, but it was always weird when like people change their names like mid comedy. That's why I kind of was self conscious. Mm. If I had thought about it more earlier on, I might have considered it. Do you but, know? Do you know quite a few people that have changed their names for the sake of comedy? I think so. Is it to like a stage name, or do they swap out their middle name with their first? Sometimes it's a stage name. Sometimes it's just like a slight change to the name. Like I don't know, but people have done it, and like sometimes you don't know because they just have a normal seeming name. Sometimes mm-hmm. you do know because they have a crazy name. And you're like, oh, that's obviously not your name. You know what I mean? Boo, boo-licious or whatever the fucking person's name is. And then other times, um, yeah, it's sneaky. Or then, some, no, other times people will just change mid-career. Six years in, nope, you're a new name now. That's always weird for everyone. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't recall the last time I saw it working out, to be honest. So, I'll stick, with, stick with Julio. Stick with Julio. Yeah, and I also oh. think that like changing your name is very 90s in a way that's like corny. Mm-hmm. Like Nicolas Cage. When I'm going to be Julio Steele. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I get Christian is is different, but like even Tom Cruise, his real name's like Thomas Merriweather or something stupid. Like it's like a less sexy sounding last name. I mm-hmm. don't think we need to keep changing our names. Yeah. But my name is just potentially too confusing where it's extreme enough that you shouldn't change it. Nicholas Coppola could have stayed Nicholas Coppola. Mm-hmm. But maybe he didn't want to like only get it because he was f- from a family, a prominent family. I get that one too. Like Enrique Iglesias, he went by a different last name for a while. Mm-hmm. So he didn't want people to. Lynch has a great story for us. He had said that he wanted to mention it on the pod. We've been going back and forth here. We have not yet gotten to it, but we want to make sure that we save the best for last year. Sorry to, you know, overhype it. No. But here we go. Lynchy. Well, I'm excited to share. Julia doesn't know what this is, but um, <laughs> I was inspired uh, with the whole Haddam Raccoon's uh, journey that Big G has. So uh, I wrote a little story. And I want to read you part one. About the Haddam Raccoons? Yeah, it's, okay. uh, you know, a playful child uh, child story. Uh, anybody can read it. So I just want to share it with you guys. It's called the Haddam Raccoon Tales, but it's <laughs> spelt as like, you know, the back of what is on the butt of an animal tail. So um, wait, this is, did AI write this? Or I you? wrote this. Okay. And it's an or- this one's the origin story. So chapter one, an origin story. <laughs> His name was Big G and he lived in a town. He kept the streets safe as he scooted around. (laughs) 
And sitting on his head, wrapped up like a cocoon, he had his furry best friend, the Haddam Raccoon. <laughs> they first met long ago when Big G was small G, when a neighborhood boy lost his kite in an oak tree. <laughs> As the little boy cried, little G said, where is it? The boy pointed to the sky. I'll be back in a bit with it. Little G climbed the branches with all his courage and might. And at the very tippy top of the tree was the boy's kite in sight. He leant out his arm and reached and reached more, but his foot lost its grip. Soon he would fall to the floor. Oh no. Flashbacks of community service and philanthropic efforts towards the local community raced through his head. <laughs> he was sure he'd be dead, but he opened his eyes. He was floating instead. <laughs> he looked up. Is this heaven? Is this hell? Am I doomed? But smiling down at him was a flying raccoon. <laughs> He fluttered his tail slowly to the ground and released little G at the arch of a mound. And the boy and his kite were nowhere to be found. I'm the Haddam raccoon and I saw what you did. You're a good boy, so I thought you should live. <laughs> little G replied, thank you, new friend. You are noble and true. You did a best friend thing because that's what best friends do. Wow. And if you want to hear more, we'll have something new. Stick around till next week and... We'll read you part two. <laughs> Very nice, man. Give yourself a round of applause. That's Thank not, you. So that was great. there's uh, some some short stories. I think there's some adventures uh, that are going on behind the scenes when Big G's not with us. And I feel like maybe it's important to share them every once in a while. Dude, so. this is great. I really so we'll enjoyed see. that. That's great. Big Thank G you. out there doing it. For at one point, I thought that <laughs> you were going to be like, was is he's actually in the blimp? <laughs> uh, Ryan, multi talented. Uh, who knew you were such a poet? Thank you. Beautiful. Fun episode. Well, that's the show. Happy holidays, everybody. Uh, from us to you, I got some fun stuff coming up in the new year, including my special taping, 216. I'm also in Stanford on February 1st and the Sunshine Comedy Festival in January. Nahulio.com for tickets. Hoping to add a bunch more dates on there uh, and dropping the Nicaragua video soon. Skirt, it's, been a, it's been a big year. Uh, we're excited. Let us know what you want to hear more about from us in the new year. Uh, and what kind of stuff you want us to cover, etc. Lynchy, what do you got? Check me out at Ryan's Really Polite. He is not Julio, and we love you guys. Thank you. Uh -huh.